This is the Married Man Podcast, home of the warrior husband, and I'm Brian Bandis of the Married Man. Welcome back. Took a week or two off to spend some time with family. This is episode number 18, in which we're going to talk about discipline in your thoughts and the weapon that is your thoughts and uh, watering the grass on your side of the fence. So before we talk about that, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Uh, The Married Man Podcast comes out once a week, and it's where we talk about how to bring our A game to our marriage, and just as importantly, how we become great men by stepping up to fulfill our roles as husbands and for some of us as fathers. Uh, My hope is that if nothing else, after listening to this podcast, I want you to leave with enough fuel in the tank, enough drive, enough motivation uh, to decide that you're going to give your absolute best to your family for at least another week, no matter how hard it gets. All right. So listen, I stumbled across and I've I've done this in the past. I stumbled across um, a post on Facebook, and it was in a uh, one of these like groups that I've told you about, a, a sort of a dad group. Um, and so I read the post, and I I wrote a response, and I wanted to share those with you because I think it's a great, great jumping off point. So the post was this guy, and it said, "Is it wrong that I spend more time wishing I was divorced and away from my wife than we have good days?" So first, I want to point out point this out: I spend more time wishing. This is a choice. This is a verb, okay? So the first thing is that this this person is not a victim of this. I am choosing to spend my time thinking about these things, wishing about these things. And I would venture a guess that and I don't know this person, I don't know the details of this situation. So speaking a little more generically and what I know of many many situations uh first or second hand uh is that I would guess that he knows not what he wishes for. Uh, He's wishing for something imaginary, meaning like things will be better if fill in the blank. And I think we all can tend to do that uh, in our lives and make that assumption about a number of different things. Things will be better. Life will be better or easier or more fulfilling or more fun. Or I will feel, you know, fill in the blank if I only could have this thing or be you know, in this position or, and, and listen, some of those are true. It's not that things can't be better. They definitely can, but it's very, very common for us to start to sort of imagine this fantasy, um, this fantasy scenario where this thing changes and all the problems go away. And that's not the deal on the other side of divorce, man, you're still the same guy. You're still the same person, and I. There is no possible way that this that this guy can convince me that the issues that they're having are 100 percent on his wife and zero percent on him. He is perfect. She's a complete. You know what? Like that's not the deal. What you have is a relationship with two people, and they're both playing their part uh, in not in not making it work, and so. You get to the other side of this divorce, you go, man, I just wish we were apart. Like things would be so much better and easier. The grass is greener, right? And then you get on the other side of the divorce and you're still the same guy. If you were a selfish asshole, you still are. 
If you were super insecure, you still are. If you were really defensive, you still are. You haven't changed. You've invited new pain and brokenness into your world because when two people are are like are one in spirit, the way that we are in marriage, and then you tear them apart, I mean, that is a tear. That is not a clean break. There's a tearing apart that happens when unified souls like that are, are ripped apart. And so you've invited new pain new brokenness, potentially trauma. I don't know if this guy has kids, but good God, if he has kids, it's it's even worse than that. Um, and you've cheated yourself out of growth. Staying in is how you eventually end up not the same person. It's how you address the insecurities, the defensiveness, the selfishness, the the ego, like fill in the blank. We've all got our, our shit and I am no different, that needs to be addressed and that needs to grow and change. I was just journaling about it this morning, trying to figure out what the heck to do about the fact that I can have a bit of a temper at times. If I just if I just bail out because when I have a temper, it makes things hard and I don't want to have to deal with other people, then I, I never change. I just run away from the problem. So if this guy, if this guy chooses divorce in this situation, He has invited new pain and brokenness and cheated himself out of growth. And what he's ultimately done is just chosen a different heart. Have you guys seen that meme that floats around? I don't have it in front of me. I should have pulled it up. But it basically said, you know, being rich is like getting rich is hard and being poor is hard. So choose your heart. Being married is hard and divorce is hard. So choose your heart. There's a whole bunch of, you know, it's a list of like five or six of those. He, all he's done is chosen a different heart. So, okay. So here was the reply that I wrote, that I wrote to the guy. And I, I try to, I try to keep a couple things in mind. Number one, I don't know this person. So I remember that he has come to this forum and said, Hey, I, what do you guys think about this? But he's not, you know, we're not best friends. We're not really close. I'm not, you know, relationships are based on permission, right? Certain people in my life have permission to bring the thunder if I'm screwing up to be like, Brian, you're screwing up. Um, other people do not have that permission. If they came to me, I'd be like, who who are you? And why are you talking to me this way, right? So I have limited permission in this guy's life. I don't have credibility. So to me, there are limits to what I can share that would actually be helpful and effective. So I just try to stay, um, not necessarily neutral, but I just try to share my thoughts and, and, and sort of give some food for thought. And if it sinks in and resonates, great. And if it's not, I have no control over that. So what I said was, your thoughts are powerful, bro. You can direct them. Then I said, quote, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. That's a uh, Marcus Aurelius quote. So I said, your thoughts are powerful, bro, and you can direct them. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. You dwell on negative thoughts about your wife. You'll look for any and everything that is a fulfillment of your beliefs about her. Fortunately, it goes the other direction as well. Dwell on gratitude and appreciation for her. Tell her and show her love and appreciation, and you'll begin to find things that confirm those thoughts. You're not a victim of your thoughts and focus. All right, so that that was my response. And uh, there's something called the RAS, uh, reticular activation. I should have pulled that up too. I'm going to pull it up right now. Reticular, reticular activation system. So this is the idea of you go out and you buy a red car. You just bought a brand new red Ford F-150 and all of a sudden you're driving around and lo and behold, like 
everyone in the world drives a red F-150. I had no idea that everyone yesterday went and bought the same truck as me. The RAS, this reticular activation system, basically says that when something becomes prominent in your world, you become more, uh, sort of more attuned to it and uh, more predisposed to notice to notice things about it, right? And so when I'm having thoughts about how evil my wife is, and she's such a, you know, selfish, you know what, I'm, I'm attuned to that. And wouldn't you know it, things keep happening to confirm, to confirm that. Now, a lot of that's not imagined. We know that in, in the world of social media, <laughs> algorithms and whatnot are, are tuned specifically to what the, those companies and whatever, you know, know that we are into and what we believe. And all of a sudden I see a video that says Trump's evil or, or Trump's great. And you see the opposite video because you have a history of, you know, so, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the algorithm. I'm, I'm talking about your brain has an algorithm where when something becomes prominent in your world, suddenly you're attuned to it elsewhere and you see it all around you. And so here's my question. Do you believe that your thoughts have power? Do you understand that they have power, that they are a tool, a weapon? They're either a weapon that you can use against yourself or for yourself. So I can direct my thoughts in whatever direction I choose, and they'll have an effect, either positive or negative. They're going to have an effect on that area of my life or on my life as a whole. Um, what do you think would happen? Just imagine I wake up every morning and immediately I'm ruminating on what a loser I am, how I hate life. Life sucks. My life sucks. I freaking hate my job because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stupid and I can't get another job and today's going to be no better than yesterday and I'm a loser. No, it's going to be worse than yesterday. I'll probably get fired or, you know, fill in the blank. Why do I even try? I'm a loser. I'm a has-been. I'm a never was. I'm a, you know, fill in the blank. What would happen? There's, there's no question how things are going to go. If I begin my day that way on a daily basis, not only probably on a, on a short-term basis, that day probably is going to suck because I'm, I am prepped and primed and ready for it to suck. And the first thing that happens, I get up and I accidentally, you know, stub my toe on the door jam or I drop my toothbrush and get toothpaste on the counter. I'm going to be like, see, freaking knew it. Today's going to suck right? I'm just looking for confirmation. What if I started each day purposefully? Uh, so let me back up. So, so on a short-term daily basis, it's probably going to suck. On a long-term basis, that is going to accumulate and that is going to absolutely long-term dictate the direction and the flow of my life. I don't know if you've heard this analogy, but a ship at sea, you change course one degree to the right. Well, for the first few hundred yards, maybe even the first mile, that's no big deal. But you change course one degree, you know, to the right or left, to the east or west, and you travel a hundred miles and you are way off course. You're miles off course now. And that's what this is like. It may or may not have a devastating effect on this day, but over time, man, it absolutely has an effect. And again, either a positive or a negative effect. What if I started every single day purposefully with affirmations, which I do, or prayer, which I do, seeking wisdom, which I do, focusing on and listing out gratitudes, which not seven days a week, but several days a week, I, I do that. 
What is my day going to be like? What if I started every day going, man, I'm just so, I'm freaking glad to be alive. I'm so lucky. My wife is amazing. I can't believe I get to wake up next to this beautiful person who's got my back and hang out with her today. What if unconditionally, because I'm going to do that on days when she has pissed me off the night before, and I'm going to do it on days when things are awesome. On a day-to-day basis, it might vary slightly. I'm still going to have bad days here and there, but overall, man, overall, I'm using my thoughts to direct my life in a certain direction. And in with regards to my marriage and waking up and thinking those things about my wife, using my thoughts to direct my marriage and my relationship with her in a certain direction, you better believe that that's going to accumulate over time. And just like the negative things, I'm going to be looking for and noticing confirmation of those thoughts and those beliefs that I've bought into. Let's talk about this idea of self-fulfilling prophecy. I have someone close to me. I will not out this person, but uh, she sort of grew up basically believing that she was not athletic. Uh, she was artistic and just kind of had it in her head. I don't know if someone had said it or she had just come to believe it, but I'm not an athlete. And so because of that, um, it resulted in inaction. This person didn't, you know, try out for teams. She didn't work out. She didn't go run. She just didn't do, you know, any, any significant physical activity because why would she, she's not an athlete. That was the message that she had bought into. And so what happened was she didn't do anything. And then on the occasion when she tried to do something, her body wasn't ready. It didn't go well. And it was confirmation of, see, told you, I'm not, I'm just not an athlete. Well, the reason I know all this is that because years later, this person came to me and told me all this uh, a couple days before, or maybe a couple weeks before she ran a marathon. She goes, I can't believe I just bought that and never questioned it and went years and years and years uh, not trying things because I just had this story in my mind that I wasn't an athlete. And it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It wasn't true that she wasn't an athlete or couldn't be an athlete. She just bought it and then found things around her in her world, experiences that confirmed it. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It became true because she believed it was true. It started with her thoughts. Thoughts become beliefs, become words, become actions, become habits, become our character. We are what we repeatedly do. And as Heraclitus said, character is fate. So, My man in this post is using the weapon of his thoughts against his wife, against his marriage, and therefore uh, against himself. And he's harming himself with his thoughts because he doesn't recognize their power over the or the fact that he has power over them. Short term, yeah, it can be a struggle to control control our thoughts. Like that's that's why it takes commitment to invest energy into shaping and changing them long term. And we all have what are called intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that come to us that we're going, I, where did that come from? I didn't think that. I don't hate, I don't hate my li- my wife, or I don't want to, you know, road rage. I don't want to. Sh- I don't actually want to shoot that person. Like, what is that thought? Right? We have the, these intrusive thoughts, but we can exercise discipline and control over what thoughts we let sort of take root and make a home in our mind. The thought comes in. I'm driving. Somebody cuts me off, and like this thought comes in. I want to kill that guy. What if I spend the next two weeks? daydreaming about killing him and then starting to plot it and then going, yeah, but how could I find him? Well, I did take a picture of his license plates and all, you know, all of a sudden a month later, I've actually murdered the guy. It's because I gave that thought a home. 
It's because I let it take root. And then I ruminated on it, sat with it, and lived with it. We get to decide what thoughts get to hang around and have a home in our mind. So listen, this is where it takes a commitment to invest energy into shaping and changing our thoughts long-term. Thoughts are our habits too. So yeah, it's hard to change the stronger ones. I've got thought habits right now and I won't go into it, but I specifically have thought habits that I've recognized over the last two weeks are not serving me. They're harming me and holding me back. And man, it's not easy to adjust them and change them. I'm having to sort of work on it daily, monitor my thoughts and go, crap, that, there it is again. Here I am thinking this about myself or about my future or about my family or whatever. And then I have to check them. And, and yeah, it takes effort. It's hard. Changing habits is hard, but it's not impossible. It just takes effort. You have to care. And, and that requirement of effort is where we come back to what I talk about all the time on The Married Man, which is giving our strength and our marriage, our freaking sweat and blood, we come back to being a warrior for our family, fighting when a fight is required, fighting against our ego, fighting against emotional fatigue, against the temptation to believe that the grass is greener uh, and that the other hard is is easy when it's not, Right? Listen to this quote from Bill Delvo, and I don't know if I, I honestly don't remember if I've shared this on the podcast or not before, but it's so relevant right now. Here lies the strength of the warrior. It comes from his willingness to let his life go for the sake of something higher. He submits his masculine energy to that which is greater than himself, to something both transcendent and honorable. And then he exercises that submission by offering his skill and courage to those in need around him. Bill Delvo, he wrote a book called uh, Heroic that that quote is from. I think it's really good. You should check it out. So be, be a warrior in that way that he just described. Have the strength and discipline to be aware of your thoughts and use them as a powerful weapon. When he's talking about exercising that submission by offering your skill and courage, it takes skill, takes courage, takes effort, blood, sweat, tears to be purposeful and fight against intrusive thoughts and monitor your thoughts and use them as a weapon in favor of your marriage. But you can start rewriting that right now. Every time a thought pops into your head, my wife is this, our marriage is that, that you don't like, rewrite it in that moment. Go, no, you know what? That's just not true. I don't accept that. That's not true. My wife is fantastic. She works hard for our family. She has my back. We have an amazing history. Here's what I love about her. Rewrite those thoughts. That's your war, your strength. Give it to your marriage. You can do that. This this guy is absolutely cutting his legs out from under himself. And I don't think any of us are unsure of where things are headed if he doesn't change his thought habits. There's there's no question where that's going if he doesn't change his, his thought habits. By the same token, he can change his thought habits and absolutely change the direction and his experience uh, in his marriage. It's not going to happen in a day, but it also isn't impossible. And 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 honestly, nothing worthwhile is is going to be sort of easily created or accomplished in a day, right? It's worth the investment. So go be a warrior. Offer your strength and your skill by direct by directing your thoughts as a weapon that you can use on behalf of your marriage. Thank you, gentlemen, for listening. The meat and potatoes of the married man, as many of you know, is the weekly newsletter. 
comes out every Monday morning so that you can start your week focused on the things that matter the most. You're going to get an email, uh, dropping a little truth there just to kick things off, getting your mind right. So if you do nothing else, head over to themarriedman.co. There's no M. It's not .com. I couldn't afford the M. Themarriedman.co and subscribe to the newsletter. Send out an email every Monday and a video every Friday. Gentlemen, thank you for listening. I will talk to you in a week. Goodbye. (laughs) 